Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. <laughs> yes, I can clearly see that I rolled a one. <laughs> While the Yeti determines my fate, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Sanity Damage. They're an amazing D&D actual play live show. The campaign features a high seas adventure full of piracy, steampunk, and Lovecraftian horror elements. You can find Sanity Damage on any podcasting platform or watch the party live on YouTube. Catch them bi-weeklies on Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern Time on YouTube at The Homebrew d and I'll throw it in the show notes to make it easy. Oh, and never let a Yeti be the DM. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and we are continuing my streak of uh, interviewing folks that I got to see it, it live in person at Baltimore Comic-Con, which uh, I go to uh, every year for the past few years. It's a fantastic show. Uh, but the guest we have on today is the CEO and editor-in-chief of Odyssey Comics, and I am so excited to talk to Marcus McNeil. Marcus, welcome to the podcast. Hi, hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's, it's an honor to be here. I feel like... Uh... In indie comics, you haven't done anything until you you've gotten on the Yeti podcast and, and talked uh-huh. to Jimmy and the guys. So this is uh, this honor, of course. The reputation you guys have in the indie comic scene, you know, precedes you. All of us well, are so appreciative of the work that you guys do. Well, um, I don't know if that's all true, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's very nice of you to say. Um, but yeah, so Odyssey Comics. Let's get in there first. Yes. For any of our listeners who aren't familiar with, why don't you just tell me a little bit about who or what you know Odyssey Comics is? Absolutely. Odyssey Comics is uh, my publishing company, which I founded a little over two years ago now. We just got done um, celebrating our second anniversary of, of publishing. And we really put the focus on um, finding new and emerging creators who we feel like really have the talent and the drive and are maybe lacking in the support to break it into indie comics um, and creating a platform for them to bring their ideas, uh, develop their pitches, their stories, and get that sort of key assistance uh, that they need to to make those things happen and the good stories out there. We're starting to change on our mission a little bit. You know, we're not uh, 100% catered purely to just emerging artists anymore as we'll have more veterans and, uh, you know, people who have done things across the industry for a number of years uh, working with us and, and collaborating with us. But our focus is is really 100% on uh, driving creators, you know, into the industry and giving them a place where they can make comics and have some fun and Hopefully make some money at the end of the day, too. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but by all means, uh, just continuing to, to offer them the support um, that they need to really get those, those sort of key projects that we think um, can do really well in the market. Well, that's awesome. And you said, so you just recently passed two years yes. of, of Odyssey Comics. And I was on the website earlier. Um, I mean, I've been on it before, but in particular earlier, like to prepare for this. So when I look at some of the titles, though, in two years, Nobody's Princess, The Legend of Thundergar, uh, Yubi's The Last Herald, 
uh, a project that I really liked. I've I've seen on Kickstarter before. What we did when the world ended. I think that's yes. like three issues, right? That's yes, um, and then you've also published the Critical Mass anthology. Yep. And I know that uh, right now, and we'll talk about it a little bit, but it's uh, issue two of Phelan Wood is on Kickstarter right now. If you're listening to this when the podcast came out, you'll probably still have a couple of days to check if you want to see what Odyssey Comics is about and, and back that. And then um, you have another project we'll talk about in a little bit, Fantasmic. Um, and speaking of veterans, I, th- I think I saw, is Walter Giovanni the artist on that? Yep, Walter Giovanni uh, from, from Red Sonja is the, the artist on it. So this is this is our really our first project that's testing like, okay, does our ethos, is it also going to work for, for the folks who have been around for a while um, and everything? And uh, we got, uh, you know, Buddy Boudin, who I, th- I think a lot of people know him, does a lot of great letters. Uh, he's yeah. part of the team to RLC, who's doing the uh, who's doing the um, uh, colors on the project. Uh, then we have uh, I want to say uh, why am I blinking right now? It's probably bad when you can't remember all the teams. But uh, you know, we got a project from uh, Jeff Matuza, who himself is a newcomer uh, to the scene, so he's embodying. Um, sort of that spirit of Odyssey, where he's doing his his first major project, and you know, where he's he was able to get the team together, bring everyone together. Um, so he's doing a great part already, without any of my involvement. And again, those guys together and, and making a great book. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a busy, busy two years. I can see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like it because a, a lot of those, uh, a lot of the projects going when I went through. Um, I mean, you've kickstarted at least, I think, at least 10, if not more projects. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, we're on our 10th one currently with Baylor Wood, too. Okay. Um, so first off, let, let's talk a little bit about you and why did you want to do this and go this route? It was very interesting for me. First of all, you know, I've always wanted to do comics. Like, you know, from I think maybe I was five years old, really, when I... I Comics was always there for me, and people used to ask how I got into it, and I would say, oh, it was this moment, it was that moment, but really, you know, I grew up in sort of like the best age against the comics, because they were literally everywhere. You know, you couldn't pick up a Masters of the Universe action figure without a comic being included, and they were in every 7-Eleven, uh, grocery store, and gas station. The comics just were just always there. Yeah, I um, used to love those uh those he-man i still have my brother and i our dad saved all of them and recently like gave them like unearthed them and gave them to us all the little comic books that came with uh every character you picked up i mean they were i I don't know if they are collected anywhere but man they should they should be Uh, i hope there's like a masters of the universe promotional comic omnibus out there Uh, i (laughs) look into it now I I I'd be lined up on day one with the money in hand. <laughs> but, I think things, yeah. uh, yeah, they really they really tr- changed for me when um, you know I've always uh, liked DARPA when I put pen to paper for the first time and really tried to draw it uh, based on I think it was it was a ring that I got out of a bubble gum machine or something like that, and it was uh, John Romita Spider Man on it, of course, because his art was all over everything Marvel back then. Oh yeah. And I went at home and I'm like, 
this character. I love this character. I want to draw it. And I sat down and I, and I did my best to recreate that John Romita drawing on that ring. And then as a kid, I was like, I feel like this is pretty good. And I went to go show my dad and that's like, man, that's pretty good. You can draw. And I was like, okay, well, this is it. I, I love this. So I'll just, you know, <laughs> be drawn Spider-Man. It's always blue in the face after that. Uh, so it's really been a lifelong mission to get into the comics. And I had some stumbles here and there. Um, when I went to college, 100% made art my focus. Um, and I even took additional time and I'd spend an extra two years in college uh, really learning everything at that time that I would need to, um, in my mind, make comic books. Um, so whether this from the graphical end, learning fine art, even just art history and taking life drawing classes, getting a good scope of anatomy, everything like that, um, and even taking creative writing classes. It was always meant to do that. And I had a number of projects that I was trying to get off the ground with some of my college buddies. Um, most of them, vast majority of them ended up going nowhere and also had some situations where it just wasn't, um, you know, a, a good relationship creatively or, you know, uh, and one in particular where uh, a writer I was working with sort of took advantage of the work and kind of, you know, ran off with it. <laughs> I've never oh. seen them or heard from them after then. Um, oh, that's it's like, you know, I'm going to dial back on this comics thing. It feels really tough. Industry is really hard. Um, and I just focused on fine art um, and being a fine artist for a long time. Um, and then I thought that was just going to kind of be my pathway. But I went through life and getting the normal things of getting married and having kids and settling down. But, you know, eventually things got to the point where it's like, OK, I have time in my schedule now. Um, at that point, I was doing a uh, just pop culture entertainment website, HeroIndex.net. I think it's still up um, and out there. And I had really great relationships with a lot of creators. Um, a lot of talents that we were able to get and interview over the years. And uh, I was just like, I can't, I can't sit here and be talking about this stuff anymore, man. It's every time I, I talk to people, the people who are truly passionate about comics and are doing things. And um, I was uh, working with my Odyssey co-editor at the time, Aaron Keepers, who was doing a lot of projects too. And I would tell her my comic ideas all the time. She's like, hey, your, your ideas are really good. You need to get into this. Um, and I was going to do that. And I was looking to break in just as a creator, um, just as an artist uh, myself. I really started thinking about a lot of things and, you know, I was dealing with a lot of rejection, um, things like that. And I was able to talk to, you know, some more creators and one of them, uh, I could, I, I'll put them out there. I'll put them on blast as uh, Zach Thomas, uh, who, who <laughs> did the Bible too over at SourcePoint. I was talking to him, I think C2E2 of... 2020. Yes, that's where it was. And we were just going over everything. And he was asking me, like, hey, you know, what are your plan to do? Can you write? Can you draw? I was like, I can do a little bit of both. Now I'm not like a world beating artist or anything, but I can do it. Um, I was a decent writer, too. I'm good with story and scripts and editing. And he said, Okay, well, um, are you good with doing things online at all? Or, you know, uh, selling and, and things like that. I was like, well, my day trade is I'm an e-commerce analyst. All I do all day is think about selling online and <laughs> interacting with people there. So that's good. And he's like, is, you know, how are your finances? Like, are you in position to do anything? I was like, I'm, you know, it's a stable thing in my life. I'm doing all right. Um, right. So yeah, money is not an issue of concern. And he's like, well, you need a publisher. And I thought, and I was like, yeah, I guess I don't I don't really know. Like when it comes to doing comics, I know how to do everything. So why do I need a publisher? 
And he sort of said, if anything, maybe you should get in the publishing. And I was like, hey, that's that's kind of an idea because I was hearing a lot of horror stories from some of my creator friends who are doing comics and yeah, some I mean, experience they've gone into. And I was like, there's there's yeah. a need out there. There is a need um, for creators and, and a market for um, people who are going to try to do things the right way and really be about this craft. And I thought if I was going to get into comics, that's the one thing uh, more so than being a, an artist among so many other artists and another writer amongst so many other writers. What could I do to make a positive impact on the industry and, and then change things? And um, publishing is, is where I decided what to go. And Odyssey was born from that. Wow. Wow. Um, so in college, your focus is all different aspects of art, but you're still thinking, I'm going to make comics. I'm going to make comics. And then at some point that changes and you kind of focus on fine art and you have like a pop culture website that you're like running and handling on the side as like a, like a hobby. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you, do you covered comics with that with what was it? Hero index.net. Yeah. We covered comics and, you know, we had some, uh, Great people on board. I know we you know, did interviews with uh, Gene Ha. Uh, he was great. Oh, awesome. Uh, we had to make Elroy's from the Adventure Zone and, um, you know, just just a laundry list of all, all sorts of things. And it was a great thing, um, great project, uh, too. Um, but it, it just came to the point. It was like, always felt like maybe I'm just doing this because comics itself was a little scary to me and intimidating at the time. Right. And, you know, I would love to go back and do more things like that and incorporate more things like that with Odyssey. But at the end of the day, the artist in me, the creator in me was just, it was, it was just begging um, for something more and to do something. Um, so well, then I decided to take that, that dive and Aaron gave us our first pitch with nobody's princess. And I was like, okay, I'm digging this. And I developed with her, uh, worked as story editor and getting the project together and, rest is kind of history oh wow um it's yeah i wanted to ask and going from wanting to create and i certainly understand the the thought process of well there's there's nobody to reject it if i'm the person publishing it and you have that creative control um you can also i i understand the drive the desire to want to help other creators you know to uh, Sorry to cut you off, Jimmy, but my cat is assaulting me right now because I have the <laughs> door closed, and I dare interrupt their their feeding time. So I'm going to open it and let. Them <laughs> no, that's fine. We're allowed to. The listeners uh, are okay with us taking breaks for cats. We'll, we'll well, you know what? We'll cut this. I don't. Maybe we'll leave it all in. Who knows? Oh my gosh, they're all over you, Marcus. Run. <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> never, fails, uh, never fails. Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. Uh, that's great. Um, let the cats in, please. Um, no, so I understand the desire to want to like help other creators and build something, you know, from the ground up. Um, but from interviewing different different folks and like looking at the bigger publishers and like smaller publishers, and I still think with readers of comics, there's still there's um a lot of unknowns in terms of how like the direct market works and diamond and now lunar in terms of distribution and solicitations, you know, uh, the final order cutoff, like all those like little intricacies that are kind of unique to like the comics comic industry, like before deciding to start Odyssey, when you were thinking about it, um, 
Like, did you ha- did, was there like a real life crash course and in all those intricacies of 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 publishing? Oh, oh yeah, and, and thankfully it was because uh, once I started getting into the nitty gritty of it, I was like, wow, I know jack shit about me. <laughs> I know, I know about the creative aspects of it as as finishing and giving a comic the liberty, but what to do with it after that, I I had no idea. Um, The the good thing and the bad thing is after returning from C2E2 of 2020, well, we know it came after that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think uh, what was born from it and where I was able to truncate a lot of knowledge is, um, uh, Read events and Mike Negan and the guys were they were great at uh, doing these Comic Con at home um, live streams and where we'd all jump on to uh, you know Zoom calls like we're doing right now and and, and and meeting and talking to each other and I got to interact with a lot of the people that I met over C two E two so instantly I had access to all these comics creators at, at, at every level of the business um, and I got to pick their brains and talk to them. And then ask them about stuff and learn things and take notes. And uh, one magical thing I found out about making comics is that, you know, this community is, there's so much, there's so many things, but it's small. It's really small. <laughs> and we, we kind of lose sight of that sometimes. Um, but it's small in a good way sometimes, because if I want to talk to Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor about making comics and and what they do and the things they've done, they will tell you and they they help you and people will listen to you. Yeah. So everyone that was a part of those sessions that um, was there made themselves available to me to answer questions. And I was able to learn through them and, and get their experience and their expertise and their knowledge. And I was able to apply that and start learning and, and seeing the ways that I wanted to navigate in the business. Um, that still doesn't solve anything for you, you know, as far as the pitfalls and everything like that. But you you get the you get the guidebook, you get the manual, and you go out and you start trying to chart your own way. And uh, yeah, I mean that's true in terms of the community. I, I found that most people that I've come in contact with are are very helpful, and you know they are very, um, you know, there's some folks in the community uh, like. Charlie Stickney, who I see as somebody who's always very gracious with his time in terms of answering questions, whether yeah, he, or not it's creating comics or like the actual creation process or pitching or, you know, crowdfunding. And yeah, Charlie's a wealth of knowledge. He's somebody who's uh, picked his brain, of course, too. And uh, we're, we're local SoCal creators here, too. So I'll usually see him. I think last time I saw him was uh, back at uh, CCR, Ontario, where we neighbors table neighbors not too far from each other i got to mm-hmm. come down and, and talk to him about the game and yeah he's one of those people who make themselves available and imparts all the knowledge that they can to people and those those creators like that are the lifeblood of the industry really and so i, I w- in terms of the submission process and the projects that odyssey has done so far and and once into the future and i also would be remiss if i i didn't mention that um when i saw you in baltimore i picked up the um uh twilight custard uh which um ringo nominated right and nominated for a best original graphic novel yeah it fantastic i don't know if i reached out to you afterwards after i read it but i loved it um that was, you know, that was, that's what a great story. Josh did a killer job with that story. Uh, I told him when he pitched it to me, uh, cause he was able to get it successfully crowdfunded, but 
Uh, he wanted to see if we could find life for it after that, which we're very much so doing. And we got some some new plans um, that we're going to go for with it in 2024. Uh, but I told him when I read it, like, this is the best graphic novel, indie or otherwise, one of the best that I've read in a long time. Yeah, and, it's really, really good. And and I was like, I would be more than happy to do whatever we could to, to support you on this one and, and keep it going and introduce it to a new audience. And I did a did a strong campaign for the Ringos. And it, it's funny, it's one of those things you kind of forget about because everybody's like, yeah, I'll throw, throw something out there and maybe we'll get some traction. And I was just looking through the nominations coming through and I was like, huh, Twilight Custer, why does that sound familiar? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> It was a well-deserved Ringo nomination. Um, but uh, in terms of some of the other projects, and one of the ones I wanted to talk about, the uh, what we did when the world ended. Yes. Um, and I, I pulled it up here. Uh, writer is uh, Mohammed S. Syed. Artist is uh, Frederica Manson. Uh, colors, Marta Gasparoni. Editor, uh, Marcus McNeil. Um, I mean, yeah, this... I, I really like the whole idea of the premise. Um, and I think I just went, I think I just recently went and like went through, I guess it was issue three. Mm -hmm. Um, but a great premise, the artwork, the colors are fantastic. The, for listeners who, who don't know, I'll just read you real quick. It, um, when you go to the Odyssey website, which I'll put a link in the show notes, but when an ancient evil unleashes an apocalypse upon the earth, normal people caught in desperate situations are further pushed to their limits as they fight for survival. Um, yeah, it's like a horror anthology series. I just think great concept, well executed, just something, a fantastic project, what we did when the world ended. Kind of how did, how did that develop? Can you talk to me about that story and the process? Like, let me know, like, how does Odyssey Comics do things with something like that? Yeah, absolutely. This, this is a good example, too. Um, this one we got as an open submission. So actually for anyone listening and wonder about Odyssey Comics, uh, we're a little bit different because we take open submissions 365, 24-7. Um, so you can always go to odysseycomics.com and go to our submissions page. Um, and whether you're just a writer pitching an idea, you got a whole pitch packet together, you have a team. Um, you, you want us to just see if there's any potential, you can go ahead, uh, send it over to us. I try to be good at getting back about it. <laughs> I can't <laughs> always because yeah, I know there's probably still a good four or five projects I'm behind on, but I try to make sure we take the time to give every person a response. Um, and, and whether that's a yes or a no, it's not just a simple yes or no. I, I really try to spend time with the submissions and review them with others and say like, hey, here's the things that we saw might need improvement. Here's the potential forward and you know, give you some good advice and starter points to go back to it that are are very fair and constructive criticisms. Um, or in the, the prospect we actually want to do something, then I take the time to talk with you know every team uh, personally and get to know them. I get to know their feel for their projects, so and that's always step one. And that's what I did with Muhammad and, and Federica and the team. So they pitched it to me to do together as a group. Um, I really liked the concept. They had, you know, a few sample pages together, but, uh, you know, the script was mostly there, everything like that. So I got them all on a call together and, and like to my shock, uh, I know Federica had worked with a, a number of publishers at that time. She told me that was the first time a publisher had ever talked to her personally. That wasn't just an email. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really something like, yeah, I, ca I can't imagine doing business with people that I, 
don't get to know at least on uh, you know on a personal level just a little bit you know prior yeah. to doing anything uh and i told them you know i think we had a lot of potential with it there are some things that i thought we could go to the table with and work a little bit with um they didn't have an editor at the time i asked them if they would like me to be an editor aboard the project and we could get it together and uh you know they agreed to it and Muhammad worked on the script, made some revisions. Uh, he and I had some stories back and forth and uh, different directions we thought things would go, but his overall idea was very solid. It was, you know, 80, 85% there. Um, he really took my notes to heart um, regarding the story, got nailed down. Federica's uh, fantastic with the art. Um, she's uh, she's actually doing Miles Morales Spider-Man right now yeah. uh, over at Marvel. So, <laughs> which I'm like, I'm so proud of her because she she's such a fantastic person. She's one of the most lovely um, comics I've ever done. Just the sweetest person. But I was like, oh, God, please come back to me. <laughs> we yeah. can finish it. So we're, we're one issue away from wrapping it up. Um, and then we just really hit this rapport. And th- this set like a bad expectation for me, too, because it was so easy. And the oh, product, wow. product coming back was, was so great that, you know, I hear these stories of toiling things like that from publishers, like, oh, you really got to, you know, crack the whip and and get people doing this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we just, we bounce some ideas around, come to a consensus on something, have fun, and the pages get done, and I make the comic book. What's so hard? Um, And then uh, Muhammad, he he was doing great, too. He he really wants to get into comics. This is the first thing in comics he ever wrote. um, Oh, wow. Amazing thing. The first time writing a comic book. Yeah. Uh, And I was just impressed by how polished it was. And you know, I told him, like, you're you're the people that are out there. You're the creators that I want to find. There's talent everywhere um, at all levels, even people who don't have a lot of experience. But, you know, if I can find you and, and give you the opportunity to put it out there, then, then that's what we want to do. Um, but Muhammad took the time to letter. He lettered the whole comic. Uh, and I was like, wow, you came a professional quality letter <laughs> overnight, pretty much. And I'm like, this this yeah. game is yours. You, you were meant to be here and partake in this. Um, so really everything just kept spinning out, but my job as editor and publisher was really finding that hook. And what resonated with me was this idea of the end of the world and this combination that Muhammad was kind of had, but didn't quite capture onto of people experiencing the worst emotional day of your life. It was also coinciding with. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is the thread that goes through all of stories, you know, it's, you know, imagine breaking up with your boyfriend or having issues with your family that are so dire and terrible, but also at the same time, there's monsters slaughtering everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and then what that deals deals with you. So it, it brings this human element into um, the horror that makes for, I think like a really interesting combination of it and how we are planning to continue and build the mythos over the installments of the story, I, I think are, are really cool too. And it, it really ties back to, you know, it's this goddess in the story that's unleashing this apocalypse. But, you know, she had a she had an emotional story of her own that also led to this and, and how that triggered and, and happened. Um, it made this the situation for everyone else is what we'll explore in the, in the fourth and final book. So hopefully that'll be on the way soon um, and then we'll get together and figure out a timetable for it and, and be able to wrap it up and hopefully collect it and trade for everyone. Uh, but that this whole series just really encapsulated uh, how we do things at Odyssey and, and how the process goes. And once we had it, we were able to get it on Kickstarter, um, get it funded and, you know, got the team taken care of, compensated. And it's one of our best selling titles. Uh, it's, it's something that is really 
becoming a marquee title for us and something I think we might continue doing into the future and find other stories in this universe to explore. Yeah, I I, uh, I hope so because I really like it. So I want I want issue four. So if for no one else, do it for me. All right, fellow cryptids. Now seems like a good time for a break. I'm always looking for a way to display my comics, but unfortunately, I am not very handy or crafty, as it were. Luckily, I have come across Crafty Comics, and they have a way for you to display your comics, even. Uh, comic books that are already slabbed, if that's your kind of thing. I recently got a flex frame, which has customizable backings and interchangeable border colors. I was able to put in a frame a comic book. It's Batman Elmer Fudd, uh, number one, by Tom King and Lee Weeks. It's signed by both. It's one of my uh, favorite signed comics that I got at Baltimore Comic Con. And I was able to figure it all out. It looks great in the frame, and I can't wait to get it up on the wall. It was super easy, and I have a slew of comic books now, and uh, much to my wife's chagrin, I think I'm going to create a wall of some of my favorite signed comic books, Um, and Crafty Comics was super easy to use. And I like that you can have a different border color along the background to kind of go along with the theme of the cover art. And yeah, it was a, it's great. And uh, I absolutely love it. So check it out. It's Crafty Comics, C-R-A-F-T-I-C-O-M-I-C-S dot com. Use the discount code YETI5 and get 5% off your order. And now back to the Cryptid Creator Corner. Even though it was kickstarted, uh, it is available on Odyssey's website. So anyone yep. can go there and 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 check it out. I I really like the trend in I, I guess it's a trend uh, in comics right now with like longer titles. Um, it doesn't always work, but I I do have a tendency to like gravitate towards them. And that's the first thing that caught me: the title of it, what we did when the world ended, and also I love the idea of action in the title. Because I, I feel like a lot of apocalyptic films or dystopian movies or comic books or whatever it is, it's always about, you know, this is how this is how the world ended. This is what it is. This is the day. This is the thing. Um, but I like the idea of what we did when the world ended. Like, right, there's a promise in that title. Yeah, there's there's, there's um, something. And I love that. To it. I always liked it. Yeah. Uh, it, it is is a brilliant move by Muhammad to come up with that one. I've always liked those titles too. I think my favorite one of any story was uh, always "How to Survive a Robot Uprising." Like once once you hear a title like that, it just I don't know. It, yeah. You you become engaged with the title long because you start thinking about your own narrative in the form of that title, and and everything springs from there. So. Yeah, when I see something like that in comic dumb, then I'm usually game for it, and I, and I go ahead and buy it. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I, like Philip K. Dick stories always had like those longer titles, and I feel like it went away for a while, and now comics has kind of taken that on. But you know, I, I think of the classic, you know, do androids dream of electric sheep or yes, you know, the, the movie Total Recall? <laughs> I guess the original Philip K. Dick story was "We'll remember it for you wholesale," which is also another. <laughs> yes. Fantastic title for a story. <laughs> I almost forgot about that one. I was like, I know it had a different title, but I couldn't yeah. remember it. But yes, um, back in the day when I found out the real title, where I was like, that's that's actually magnificent. I'm 
can you imagine an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with that title? Like, no. I don't know. It becomes yeah. so perfect for me. <laughs> I think it would be great. Keep the title. We'll remember it for you wholesale. Um, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, okay, so now let's let's talk about the current Kickstarter campaign. Like I said, if you're listening to this, if you're somebody that you know throws this on and uh, you know while you're walking the dog on the Tuesday they come out or driving home from work, uh, as soon as this is done. You're going to be able to click the link and, and check it out. There should be a few days left on the campaign. So this is Phelan Wood issue number two that you're kickstarting like right now. So, um, and I think you had a, a pretty good, at least what, what I was looking at, Kickstarter campaign for issue one. Um, and so why don't you tell me a little bit about, or tell our listeners about this title. Yeah, this title, this one was another open submission uh, brought to me by Tom Kramer, um, who's the writer on it, Abre Tart. Uh, who's the artist, Carlos, the letterer, um, Ryan Magne, who's the, the colorist on the project. Um, and this is actually ones that were, Tony did a great job getting the team together and the book was, well, it was fully complete as, as he had crafted it. Um, but I saw the, I felt like it was a great adventure story. Um, it was just really kind of a simple back to basic uh, two-fisted fantasy action adventure. You know, I like, I think like so many things in the, in the 80s and 70s, or out to if you've you know read anything that was you know published by things like Eclipse and, and stuff like that back then, it's going to be very familiar to you, right? Um, and an easily and, digestible like yes. log line. And you know, you go to the Kickstarter page. I'll just read it. Uh, a young rogue ventures on a quest to free the cursed spirit of his father in this fantasy action saga. That's it. You That's got it, is. it right there. It's a journey. Bam, That's right it. Then there, you know, exactly then we're off to the races. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think um, in the first book alone, we went to, you know, probably like three different locations or like action pieces. So it just moves at a at a pretty good clip. Uh, but Tom brought it to me and he's, an, again, is another um, talent who's a first time comics creator. And I, I hate to put you on ta- or, uh, on blast, Tom, if you're listening to this, but he committed the, the first grave error of any uh, comic book writer when they first start. And the first page of his book was and uh, okay. I, was, I was like, that's that's not going to work. It's good for Star Wars and George Lucas can get away with it. Not a whole lot of other people can. And certainly in, in comics, you know, nothing kills a boner for a new fan picking up a book, like having to read preamble um, before getting to the story. So I said, hey, let's just take this and let's bring it back to the team and let's turn this into story. Um, so that's what we did. Uh, so rather than just putting out as it was, we went back and we added uh, six new pages of story to to make it a bigger, thicker book and um, easier to get into. And I think Ton uh, really nailed it as we had some back and forth on what to do and how to incorporate the the early pages uh, to build that out. And once we did that, it just really came together. We threw it up on Kickstarter earlier this year in spring. Yeah, we had a good time with it. Uh, I really wanted to take the opportunity with it when we were publishing it because I think Every time that you can tap into uh, a different fandom or something else out there that can incorporate another audience into what you're doing as a comic, you can tend to do and have the ability to do really well. And that's what we did for Phelan Wood. We actually uh, decided like, hey, this is very Dungeons and Dragons inspired. You know, it, it owes a lot to to that franchise and people who are fans of that. So let's bring that in. Let's Let's incorporate it. Uh, so we created a whole D&D module, and I teamed up with my friend Eric Gardneau uh, to go ahead and write it and, and script our campaigns for the module. 
we decided to do a custom mini they can get for it and uh, have a custom map and just really just go for this whole D&D kit they could get alongside the campaign. And people really responded to that. And yeah. I was like, wow, that was really cool. I'm like, okay, next time, let's do it bigger and better uh, yeah, for it, this one. It looks great. Edge of Winter, the role-playing module, um, looks awesome. And also there's, I mean, you go through the, the Kickstarter page, there's a character miniature set, uh, something I really like, the, the, the dice set. Uh, with the icy blue liquid chorus, that dice set is awesome looking, and yeah, a uh, a custom battle map. I mean, there's that. I just think is you know fantastic. Like rather than take your hey, this is the D and D campaign that my friends and I've played. I've turned it into a comic. You have this comic story, and you're gonna, you're saying now, hey, I'm here is I'm giving you this. You can now go and have your own similar. D20 style adventure. I, yeah, I think can, that's fantastic. Enter the world of the comic book and play it out. And uh, that's awesome. And it gives me something to do too. Cause I was, uh, you know, I was working on getting together the first campaign module that we had. And I was like, Oh, we, we need um, an image for the harpy for a character sheet. And Abra didn't really have anything that we pull from the comic. And I was like, Hey, I'll just go ahead and you know, it won't take me so much time. I'll I'll put the iPad out and I'll I'll draw the you know character uh model for it. And I was like, hey, this is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this, and I've been so of course involved with this comic. Uh so then when we did this one, I was like, I'll do I'll do the whole thing. I'll I'll do the cover, I'll do all the character sheets and everything like that for it. So now not just as a publisher, but as a creator myself, I get to be an active participant in the in the things alongside there too. Oh, and awesome. um this is this is always you know our trick because <laughs> at the end of the day the only full-time employee honestly is me <laughs> uh but during all that time and, and things i spent in college trying to learn the craft a lot of the skills um things like that uh especially graphic design which is what i eventually specialized in my degree um is are the things that comes in handy for comics uh so in situations where other publishers might have to outsource or bring people in or hire people Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to because I can always roll up the sleeves and, and get it done myself. So generally, I'm you know helping on design the logos, uh, formatting the books. You know, I take care of all that, uh, making all the revisions, doing all the copy, doing the book design, uh, things of that nature, so that we sort of offset that. You know, I don't really pay myself anything or anything like that. You know, which we we take profit as Odyssey, we do it through you know our book sales and. And revenue splits and things like that but in terms of getting the book done i'm just trying to get it done and if i can pitch in with things you know and, and the teams are cool with it like hey can i do you need a letter on this or something like that or sometimes if it just becomes like hey we're, we're pressed on budget in terms of this we can't hire a letter okay well i'll go ahead i'll do that so you know in a situation like we were in with ubs and just for some period it, it was just really hard getting colorist and letterers at that point in time I'm like everybody's busy everybody's on something yeah. and i need to get this book out the the key art has been done <laughs> so i end up being uh the colorist and the letter on that one i'm i'm trying to let go of those things and bring people in as soon mm-hmm. as i can uh but it's always fun when um i get to pitch in a little bit and and help some of the teams out here and there and it's, especially if there might be an error uh, from time to time that i catch before printing or i look on a review of the proofs so i'm like okay that's got to go back. It doesn't have to go back out to anyone. I can go into Photoshop a little bit, clean it up, and <laughs> get it back out to the printer and, and go forward with it. So that's always fun. 
Oh, that's awesome. Um, but as of right now, it's uh, issue two is fully funded, right? Yeah, fully and funded. Uh, working on stretch goals. Yeah, working on stretch goals. We actually knocked out all the ones I came we came up with so far. Uh, I had a whole nother set of go- to go and figured, okay, during the Thanksgiving break, things will slow down a little bit and I'll be able to roll those out. But people keep coming to the campaign. So we've already smashed <laughs> the stretch goals uh, that I was going to sell for next time. So now we're, we're thinking of something else. We're going to take the time to uh, make the rewards that we'll roll out for stretch goals from here on, you know, a little bit more, a little bit extra to, uh, you know, take that time and do something special. Um, I don't want to like reveal too much for it, but hopefully by the time uh, this comes out and anyone goes to the campaign, they'll see what the latest uh, physical stretch reward uh, is going to be. And it's, it's a fun one. I'm excited to share with people. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so other than uh, hopefully what we did when the world ended number four, uh, somewhere down the line and um, the fulfillment for Phelan Wood too, um, we mentioned Fantasmic. So why don't you tell me about that and what other plans does Odyssey Comics have for 2024 and beyond? Oh man, uh, we have we have grand grand plans. Uh, probably too much. I might need to slow down a little bit, but we'll, <laughs> that's what December is for. We'll recharge. So uh, that's fantastic, good. yeah, is another open submission uh, that we got from uh, Jeff Matuza, who's the writer on our project, uh, and you know he's been dedicating himself to the craft and and trying to you know get into things. And he came up with the idea. Uh, he's, you know, works over or, or was um, participating and still does um, over in Ron Mars's school that, you know, he's he's doing in his classes. He's getting to, you know, get writers into the industry and and cut their teeth and, and learn the craft of making comics. Um, and so this is his first time pitching out to a publisher. Uh, he saw some previous projects that we did and thought that the ethos that we had going on at Odyssey was something that he really wanted to work with. And he, he sent the book over to me. Um, it's a situation very similar to how we were with Faith and Wood, where, you know, it was complete. But um, as it stood, but I thought we could spend some more time with it um, and really punch it up and, and take the next step with it. So uh, we've been working out and, you know, have, have finally gotten it to the point where it's like, yeah, we're, we're good and we're feeling confident with it. Um, Walter and the guys have been uh, great to work out with and, uh God, it's, it's, it's always such a benefit where you can get pros like Walt Giovanni and you know, guys like Geraldo Borges, uh, who's doing the cover for us, too. And, you know, we could just get stuff to them and, bam, he just knocks it out. You know, you get back pages and never have a question about them. So, and it's a, it's a really great project because I think fans who are into what we did with The World Ended will really be down with this. Um, it's about a comic book artist, go figure who starts getting haunted by the very characters that she's creating um, and finds out that these events are tying into um, the mysterious past of his past of her father um, and his recent disappearance and subsequent death. Um, And it's another one of those things where we're really melding aspects of horror, um, some of the superhero genre uh, on top of with, you know, these emotional journeys for the characters too. And if there's any unification um, for anything we do with Odyssey is, it's always that the stories are character focused and character driven, you know, not plot driven. So people who enjoy, you know, character work and uh, but, you know, isn't overthought or overwrought and, and taking too much time. Um, they're going to be fun. They're going to move. They're going to be breezy, you know, like Phelan Wood, like Twilight Custard. Uh, you're going to get that great experience of, of reading comics, but you're also going to get those key character pieces um, that any fan of, of fiction, I hope, would be into. 
Um, so this is one of those projects where, yeah, this is, you know, I couldn't be happier with the team that we got together for it and, and to be working with veterans and show that we can make a combination of the two. We can have the new talents with the, with, you know, some veteran talents and bring them together and make some, some awesome original pieces. So that'll be coming at Kickstarter in January. We're putting the final touches on that one. Uh, we got some amazing cover artists. Uh, they'll be pitching in for variants. So I'm going to be very excited when we can share uh, more news and information for that. But, you know, it's, they're going to be like a wonderful cherry uh, on top of this, this campaign. And, and I'm super excited for it. Oh, that's great. I mean, I, the preview pages that I saw, you know, Walter Giovanni's artwork is, I mean, impeccable and um, uh, just, you know, it, it's so good. Um, I, the sto- I love the idea of the story. I like kind of like the meta, maybe meta narrative of it. We'll see where it goes. It has a very like 90s kind of like vibe. Um, but, you know, just from the preview I've seen. But uh, yeah, I, 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 it looks great. I mean, um, another great concept. Looks like it's it'll be another well executed Odyssey project. So, we'll, and then, uh, uh, next big thing we had coming after that is that um, Critical Mass will actually become the first imprint of Odyssey Comics. Uh, so we got the anthology out there. Uh, we're going to make it an annual thing. So there will be a Critical Mass Volume Three coming or Volume Two, sorry, coming this year. Um, but also we're going to have you know individual stories that have been both featured in Critical Mass um, and new stories that are being submitted. They're going to be developed. And I really felt the need to do that because, um, you know, I love everything going on in Odyssey, but it really seemed like a lot of submissions that were coming in and, and readers on the projects. You know, I think our our books right now have a certain sheen to them and a certain feeling of I don't want to say safeness or anything like that. But, you know, they don't quite have that appeal to some more the more harder edge and hard sci fi and, and the mature theme stories, even though we publish things all across the gamut and you'll, you'll find everything from all ages to, you know, 18 plus uh, that we do here with Odyssey. But I think to deliver on what in my mind was always that, that key um, vibe of uh, where indie comics really came to, um, I want to say full maturity during that, like a late eighties period with that, that caliber press, like, yeah. You know, Mirage Comics, like that feel of like, yeah, and even Vertigo, you know, yeah, the, Vertigo, the, the just Vertigo that stuff. Yeah, there's that gritty feel of, you know, people doing comics and, you know, the arts experimental, the stories experimental, you know, really pushing that. Because uh, I think maybe my only personal cr- critique with indie comics right now is I think for a long time, uh, we were out to prove that we could make content and, and comics just as good as anyone in the big two or big three or big four, however you, you want to phrase it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think largely indie comics has been successful. Like the, the average quality of the indie comic made in 2023 blows indie comics out of the water made at any period of time, like in the past. Uh, we see so many great talents and, and great books coming out right now. But I think in doing so, we've kind of lost a little bit of that grassroots um, sort of feel to, to indie comics. So I want Critical Mass to embody that vibe a little bit more where hey maybe you know everything's not so polished maybe it did you know art's a little bit rougher and weirder and you know we're doing more risk with the stories and things like that uh, that's that's something that i think is is going to serve a purpose and hopefully that um, people will also be attracted to it as well too and it just gives us the opportunity to make more uh diverse content that's all in the, a sci-fi vein which is one of my personal th- favorite things to read um 
and the things I typically look for when I go out looking for shop comics yeah. and, and shopping at the, the, the stores. Um, so really give that avenue. And I think uh, so far, everyone who's been really involved with it and have things coming out for Critical Mass this year are, are really excited about the direction of it. And, you know, it gives me another avenue to, you know, get things done with, uh, you know, where if something is working better, possibly as a Critical Mass project, um, that gives us a channel we can go with that so that it won't be behind the, you know, 12 Odyssey Comics projects, whatever that we got right. going on with. Uh, you know, I think that's that's the big thing. Uh, I think the final count that I'm leaving off with right now is about a dozen comics that are in active development right now um, with Odyssey. Maybe not all of them will come out this year, but they're they're all going to be in process. So a lot of the first slate, our Odyssey phase one, so to speak, um, will be wrapping up earlier in the year. And we're, we're sort of in Odyssey phase two where we're doing different things. We're going to be bringing in new titles. Uh, we're going to be, you know, looking for more pitches uh, from people looking to get submissions in and things like that and just keep building on what's already been a, a really strong year for us to try to do more. Oh, that's awesome. So, so you hear that listeners, if anyone's out there listening who, you know, is a creator and wants to create, uh, be sure to check out, you know, Odyssey Comics and their submission page. Um, it, with Critical Mass, do they, is it an open submission process for the pieces in Critical Mass? Yeah, absolutely. Critical Mass is, you know, the, the, the same as everything else we do. So once we open up the next round uh, for Critical Mass Volume 2, there'll be open submissions. You know, anybody who's looking to pitch a story and, and get it in there, it's, it's going to be of the, um, you know, the same vein that we did before. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll be open to taking, you know, a multitude of different works as long as it's fitting the sci-fi theme and the vibe that we're looking for. And Hopefully volume one will be coming soon, soon as some lazy artist that I know gets off his ass and finishes up the pages <laughs> that he needs to. That's me. Um, I'm, I'm the lazy ass. <laughs> I, I figure. I figure. So, uh, so you have a day job and uh, you said earlier you, uh, you, you're married, have a family and all these projects with, with Odyssey comics. Like do do you have time to continue to like read and enjoy comics? Um, no. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> like, like we were talking about Baltimore earlier, and how long yeah. ago was that? Um, I only unpacked uh, from Baltimore. Months. Yeah, I just got done unpacking from Baltimore like two weeks ago, and just started okay. getting into my read pile a little bit. So that's actually one of the top things I I did. Um, over the course of the Thanksgiving break, I was like, I'm just going to spend some time. I'm not going to answer any emails or anything like that. I'm just going to get back into comics a little bit and read some things. Uh, I finally, uh, I picked up the hardcover of um, the last Ronin a long time ago and oh, okay. I finally got time to get that a read. Uh, uh, Charlie Stickney gave me, you know, his Glarian graphic novel and I was yep. finally able to get through that. Um, also got black myth from uh, Eric Palicki. Uh, the team over there uh, got a few more things that I need to get through as well too. Charlie McElvey gave me some awesome books that I'm looking forward to cracking into. Uh, so yeah, just just getting through that, and you know I don't have as much time for it, but um, by all means, I'm participating in this industry, and you know I see what everyone's doing. So you know I'm I'm backing on Kickstarter myself too. I, I just threw in a, a you know my tip of the to hat of a couple of projects. I think Granite State Punk and the and a couple other things from uh, uh, that I saw floating around. So yeah, looking yeah, forward like to the, getting those. And yeah, I really like Granite State Punk. Um, yeah, I think they have their new one is on 
Kickstarter right now. Uh, Travis's uh, Granite State Punk Coven. I think it's like the third. I think he did. Uh, but yeah, there's 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 so many you know great projects. Um, it's a great time to be. I say it every podcast. I think um, like a broken record. <laughs> it's a great time to be a comic book fan. It's a bad um, times for for shelving. I know that. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm completely out of space, and I think I brought more back from Baltimore than I sold. So <laughs> in that situation, and, and, and like I was like, I got to cut through this weed read pile. I got to get through it. So yeah, yeah. I, it's I, a bad it's a bad time for my the right to the the left of me. Be, um, it's a bad time for my wife who does not want to see another short box of comics pop up to the left of my desk. So, <laughs> um, well, Marcus, I really appreciate you coming on today. This has been awesome. I appreciate you, Jimmy. It's always good on and, and talk some shop and, you know, get to promote a little things, but um, always a good chance to get out there more, spread the gospel of Odyssey a little bit. And, you know, hopefully we get a chance to do this again and really we'll wish the whole Yeti team. Um, the best continued luck. And, and again, thanking the team for everything that they do out there in indie comics, you know, for, for us little guys without the thousands or millions of dollars to spend on marketing and advertising budgets and things like that. Uh, the, the work that, you know, our partners in these spaces is is critical for us. So, you know, I, I know I appreciate it. I know everyone else does too. Well, thank you very much. Um, I, I do this because I love comics and I want to do, Anything I can to try and, you know, um, point the listeners towards projects that I think are exciting or something they might not have heard about yet. Um, and yeah, Odyssey Comics, uh, I was excited to talk to you. I think Twilight Custard is great. It looks like from the website that you can still get a copy of it on the Odyssey Comics website. Um, but Ringo nominated, fantastic story. Um, I'm not going to tell you too much about it because I really didn't know anything about it before I picked it up other than that it was Ringo nominated and I was talking to Marcus and I think Eddie Klinker was sitting there or standing <laughs> next to you at the time. Um, but yeah, Twilight Custard, what we did when the world ended, nobody's princess. You can check out all of these uh, as well as Phelan Wood and keep an eye out in January for Fantasmic. And yeah, especially look, if you're a creator, there are plenty of smaller publishers out there that you can, try to pitch to, but Odyssey Comics has a really straightforward uh, open ad submission policy, and one of the things that, you know, Marcus talked about, and is on Odyssey's website, is that if you want feedback, he will do his best to give you feedback on your pitch, and sometimes that's kind of, like, vital, especially if you're a newer creator. Um to kind of see what it is an editor is looking for either because of the market or because of the story or because of the art, whatever it might be. Uh, so yeah, please, everybody, when you're done listening to this episode, go check out Odyssey comics website. There's going to be a link in the show notes, check out Phelan Wood. If you know nothing about it, go get all three issues of what we did when the world ended. You'll thank me later. And um, yeah, Marcus, just uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, it was great talking. Appreciate it too, man. Yeah, like I like I tell everybody, yeah, go out there, um, check out the site. Uh, we do our best to be super creative friendly. We got a Discord channel too, um, so you guys can always pop in there and, and talk to us and see what we're working on and, and kind of get the early look at some of the things that bounce back and forth for round two and really do this comic things right. You guys will not be hashtagging 
comics broke me odyssey stuff that's that's <laughs> that's for sure man we, we we have a good time making comics over here because this is fun it's supposed to be fun and some people lose track of that from time to time but you know not here we we keep it breezy we keep it light and you know so far so good i'm sure life will kick us in the face sooner or later and we'll we'll have our you know our tough times like you know everyone has to go through but right now man it's it's, it's been a hoot I'm, I'm i'm glad i'm participating in this industry it's been fun so far. Well, that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, 10 Kickstarter campaigns and um, it looks like things are plugging right along and I can't wait to see what Fantasmic does. Um, oh, and uh, before I forget, I do. Uh, I can't forget to shout out to my brother, Bobby, Crypto Creator Corner's number one most dedicated listener. Uh, Bobby listens to all my episodes and uh, it's become a bit that I now do that uh, because you know what? It makes him smile. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, and I know that at least one person listens to all these episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, Byron tells me uh, we're, we're doing all right. So, um, but yeah, again, Marcus, I, I really appreciate it. And please, everyone, go check out Odyssey Comics. Thank you very much for listening. If you like what we do, you can find me on Twitter um, and TikTok. I think I'm on TikTok now. And sometimes I talk about comics, but it's a lot of videos of my 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 dog, who's 16 and a half, and he's a real pain, but we're you know we're we're together um so yeah i I, uh thanks a lot and uh i will i'm signing off and i'll see you next time thanks this is byron o'neill one of your hosts of the cryptic creator corner brought to you by comic book yeti we hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast please rate review subscribe all that good stuff it lets us know how we're doing and more importantly how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.